Hello and welcome to another episode of The Grey NATO. It's a loose discussion of travel, adventure, diving, driving gear, and most certainly watches. This is episode 209, and it's proudly brought to you by the ever-growing TGN supporter crew. We thank you all so much for your continued support, and if you'd like to support the show, please visit thegreynado.com for more details. Hey Jason, how you doing? Good. Good to be uh, good to be back chatting. We we, uh, we had another kind of extended time away uh, due to your travels, but uh, yeah, here we are. How was your trip? It was good. It was good. It was a long. It was kind of a long trip. It was nearly a week. Uh, I did uh, a little stopover, flew to Zurich, and then took the train up to Solothurn, which is kind of this beautiful small Swiss town. Um, but it's also the kind of manufacturing home base for Porsche design. Mm. Yeah. And and where they both design and kind of implement upon several different watches. Hung out there, kind of got to got a feel for what they were working on and, and what their pipeline is and and all that kind of stuff and tried to figure out if there's any interesting stories because there are 50 years of the chronograph one. Yeah. Which is um from at least from my my viewpoint, probably their most interesting watch. Uh, you know, just a, a gorgeous design that has mm-hmm. really sort of informed German watch design in, in several ways uh, for the for the past 50 years. It's, you know, you look at it and you think like, oh, Zinn, right. uh, Bell and Ross, that kind of thing. And you realize, oh, oh no, these guys came beforehand yeah, uh, and, and had this kind of pretty special watch. You know, they also say it was the first watch to be full black, black uh, case and black bracelet. Right. Um, so, we yeah, we saw a few things from that. Um, it's funny. That's a brand that we, uh, <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned it more than well, two or three times on, the, on our, our entire history of TGN, but... Yeah, I, I was curious whether it's it's to your taste. I mean, I remember going to Basel a few years back and sitting in on some meetings and they had the once they'd kind of revived the brand in the past, I don't know, five years or so. They've really come out with some interesting stuff with that kind of very architectural, skeletonized kind of lugs. Yeah, kind of the, the their usual DNA to the to the design. But uh, I, I like it. It's just it's it's not my thing. It feels very, you know, black turtleneck kind of architect sort of wear more than sporty yeah. outdoor stuff. So. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's why the chronograph one works to my liking. Yeah, you know, just it's nineteen seventy two sports chronograph looks pretty good. Yeah, um, and and I think the thing that I find dip- found, I mean, now I've now had a lesson in it, but found difficult about under understanding the brand is is I mean, to put it simply, I didn't know who owned the brand or why they existed. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, so I, I can give you a very brief timeline in uh, the early seventies. I want to say nineteen seventy, uh, the Porsche family uh, sold Porsche cars, AG Porsche AG, etc. Hmm. Um, and part of that sale was that the the current family that was in place would leave their role. Oh, it was now gonna gonna go to a normal sort of you know Germans have German and Austrian you know there's very specific ways of doing business. Yeah, and when that happened, FA Porsche he started uh, Studio FA Porsche, uh, and and that's the studio that would um, uh, you know previously he had designed the 911 and the 904, and then moving to the studio. That eventually became the impetus to have Porsche design. So not just designing cars, but designing all sorts of things. Yeah. They've designed trams, boats, cars, you know, electric razors, sunglasses. Yeah. I think I've got a back, like a backup USB drive that's uh, yeah. designed by them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there's, there's a licensing business there and there's a full on design business. And then on top of that, you have Porsche design making their own products. And one wing of that is Porsche design timepieces, their watches, which is, yeah. again, um, kind of homed in Solothurn. Uh, since I want to say either 2011 or 2014, it might have been that changed hands in 2011. And by 2014, they started the new watch line. But I could have those dates a little bit off. That's when Porsche, the Porsche, took over that brand as well. Um, so it is, these are watches made by Porsche. They say Porsche on them because 
it's the same company and, mm-hmm. and comes from the same family. Yeah. And so th- that helped clear up a little bit. And, and their, their modern stuff, I think it, it all comes down to your, your taste. I think some of it's really cool in person. It's a little bit harder to understand just from a photo. Uh, but the Chronograph 1, I think, is, is very straightforward. You know, a, a technically, it was fully relaunched in 2022 for the 50th anniversary. They've done three to four iterations of it, including one for the GP Ice Race, which is, a, you know, a, a, a whole function and it's like a brand, yeah, community brand. And, and brand all on its own, partly, uh, partly co-founded by Ferdy Porsche, who is um, F.A. Porsche's nephew. Okay. Um, so he's now a working architect and has What a last done name to have, huh? Yeah, right? For <laughs> sure. It's very cool. And I didn't really know what to... I, got, I spent several days with Ferdy, and I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. Right? Like, could could just be weird, could be not really interested in talking about watches or talking with some Canadian who's got a, a ton of questions or whatever. Yeah. Nope, just the nicest dude. Hmm. Uh, no pretense. Really, really affable. Super sweet. Uh, we had we had a really nice time. He's a nerd about a lot of stuff. Huge nerd into cars, obviously, but not just Porsches. And watches are are a big deal. We 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 did some fun stuff in that world as well, which you should see soon. And yeah, I I, uh, I, I had an interesting trip, and then it kind of ended with um, Porsche Designs. You know, has a connection with GP Ice Race because they made a special version of the chronograph one for the 2022 running of the race last year mm-hmm. and the brand does other events and and one of the events was actually happening this past week in austria at the Grossglockner, which is this incredible road if you've listened to tgn for a long time we I, i've driven it before in a bentley continental gt uh, and this time we were able to go there for this really wild event that brought a bunch of porsche 550s and 718 rsks these very valuable vintage super rare Porsches, yeah. along with their whole community kind of up to the one of the high points on the road for a cars and coffee event and a bunch of photography and, and a really cool hangout. And yeah, it was it was a kind of a wild couple of days. You, there'll, there'll be a photo report on Hodinkee that kind of explains this in a better chronology than I'm providing now. Uh, should be up by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a bonkers couple of days up in the mountains. And then I flew home uh, Sunday and we're recording Tuesday morning. So not feeling uh, too jet lagged, but who knows when I edit this, this may sound completely incoherent. <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're doing fine. I, I've, I always find with uh, jet lag, the mornings I'm the most uh, kind of alert and then, and then it just yeah, yeah. fades by, you know, two in the afternoon. I'm just worthless. So yeah, I've, I found that at least yesterday what helped was just like leaving the house. Oh, had, sure. it was like, a, they're always busy days, but for whatever reason, a Monday coming back after seven days, kind of away from Slack and proper email and six hours difference time zone from work. Yeah. Uh, can, can kind of stack up. So yeah, just getting back into the spin of things. But yeah, yeah. aside from that, you know, like that, that was the whole of the last six days. I didn't really do anything or, or, or kind of get up to much else. Uh, right. what, what, what about you? How's your last week been? What, what's, uh, what's next on the calendar? Yeah, it's been a busy week. We've, um, we've had some, uh, out of town guests, you know, after, years of not seeing some some friends the that they flew in from australia and uh, uh knowing that they were here some other friends flew in from the east coast and and so uh, we kind of congregated at our house and the weather has cooperated to the point where we've been you know it's this kind of classic great midwestern fall weather so we've been building fires outside and grilling and you know pulling out the the whiskey and lots of good food and uh not enough sleep uh, so I feel slightly jet lagged today too, um, for different reasons, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good fun. And then, um, things kind of calmed down a bit for the next couple of days. And then, and then on Saturday morning, Gashani and I fly to uh, Bonaire. 
you know, every time we've gone there, we always go Saturday to Saturday. We go for a week. And then by the time Friday night rolls around, we always tell each other, you know, well, what would it be like to stay here for two weeks? So <laughs> given the demise of our two cats last year, we, uh, we decided we would take some advantage of, of not really having anything at home to come back for immediately. And we, uh, we booked for two weeks. So we're, we're, we're going for two weeks. And I just cannot wait Man. to, um, just kind of slow the pace down and, and yeah. just kind of get into that rhythm of diving two, three times a day. I'll, you know, Kashani's going to work, uh, kind of during the, the middle of the day, we'll dive in the mornings and the late afternoons. And then we'll certainly still continue to record our, uh, our regular TGNs. I'll, I'll do it from there. And Going to meet up with some some friends down there um, to to have a few adventures, um, nice. both topside and diving, and uh, taking some fun watches. I'm taking um, taking a couple of citizens along, kind of new okay. ones uh, to yep. try out, get some photos of. Um, I've got something really cool that I can't talk about that is going to be released um, in the next few months from a different brand, one that we're both very fond of. And then Apple uh, has promised me that the uh, the Apple Watch Ultra is on its way for me to, to check out uh, underwater and maybe I'll take it running and, and do some swimming and that kind of thing with it yeah. and, and kind of put it through its paces. So yeah, it should be kind of a mix of quote unquote work and just hanging out, just having a good time. So I, if anyone happens, I know it's short notice, but if anyone happens to be headed to Bonaire over the next uh, couple of weeks, or if you're lucky enough to live there, uh, drop me a direct message on Instagram or, or shoot an email to the gray NATO at gmail.com and, and let's see if we can hook up for a dive or something. So, That's awesome. Yeah. We, yeah. we had hoped to be able to come down at least for one of the weeks and it just didn't work out this time, sadly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the closer we've gotten to the date, the more I'm kind of kicking myself that I couldn't make it work. <laughs> get a last minute ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to get out of a few things, I think, but yeah, right. One of the reasons it didn't work out is I still like, I have to get all my dive gear service and, oh, and sure. checked over before putting that kind of money into a trip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I think I said last year, uh, you know, maybe next year. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited for you to get a chance with the ultra. I, I also have one that should arrive theoretically this week. I, I delayed it because I was going to be out of town Yeah. Uh, last week, obviously. So I'm excited to try it and, and use it for several more sports. Now that we're getting normal, cooler days here, I'm going to get back to running. For whatever reason, I just didn't keep it up over the summer. And uh, and so I'm going to have to restart. And if you're going to restart, I prefer to do that in the fall yeah. uh, if I'm starting from zero. Uh, so, yeah, I think that could be fun. But otherwise, obviously, I've got my like my entire running history with Garmin. So, yeah, easy enough to use those. Yeah. And um, I, I thought we'd, I'd give a quick uh, shout out or thanks to... Uh, Teddy Baldassar, they were kind enough to include both TGN and my, my Swimproof Substack newsletter in their list of top uh, 52 watch-related, uh, they call it blogs, and certainly TGN is a podcast, um, but they, they had an article about the top 52 watch-related blogs, and we made it uh, twice, I guess, uh, you know, by by association, uh, my Swimproof and, and TGN made it, and, and we're really proud and happy to be there, and, and thanks to... Uh, to the gang over at uh, Teddy for uh, including us on that. So go, th- go check that out. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Yeah, that's super cool and, and very sweet of them to, uh, to include us. Uh, definitely, definitely think your, uh, swim proof deserves a, 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 you know, a hit on that list. And I'm obviously thrilled and yeah. very happy to see TGN included as well. That's, yeah. that's always nice when someone takes the time to be that like 52, like yeah. <laughs> almost anybody's going to find something new from that. Right. Right. Um, I know I did. There are three or four in there and I'm like, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll put these in Feedly and see, see how they work out. So yeah. Uh, a right. good product from Teddy and the team there, as, as always. Nice people. Yeah. 
All right. You want to get into a little bit of wrist check? Move into watches. Well, I guess we talked a little bit about watches, but yeah. What uh, What are you wearing? You know, I didn't have, obviously, I don't, I don't have a Porsche design and like a modern one's 10 grand, give or yeah. take. Yeah. Uh, for a, a chronograph one, used ones are in like the four to six range. So I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily on my horizon, but I did think I'd want to take kind of a vintage inspired chronograph. So I took the Aquastar Deep Star chronograph, the, oh, cool. the one that you got me as a gift, Oh yeah. put it on a gray NATO. Um, you know, I also had the Seiko with me for when I was actually changing time zones on the plane. It works really nicely. Super simple, but for kicking around and even for, you know, testing how long it took to get up yeah. the Grossglockner as, uh, as a as a passenger, you know, fairly modern GT3 touring. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's pretty good for something like that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a watch that for whatever reason, I like I kind of think this time of year, I like it more. Mm hmm. I don't really know why, because it's a perfectly sized watch. I, I would say that if you're used to a standard Black Bay or a Black Bay Chrono, it's basically wears exactly the same. Yeah. But yeah, I wore it and, and just kind of fell in love with it all over again. Uh, uh, just a really sweet watch. It's uh, I might I might think a, a leather strap suits it even better than the NATO. Um, so I might have to play around with the right strap. Yeah, I was wearing mine yesterday or the day before. I when we had these friends over, I was kind of pulled out some of the collection and was passing watches around. And, and when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I don't wear this often enough, but you're right. I, I don't know what it is about this time of year, but it's kind of a big chunky chronograph. Just feels like a fall watch. Just looks, it know. does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it kind of sticks out a little bit from a glove or, or, right. a, you know, a, a puffy cuff or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, some good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you got on today? Well, I dusted off one I haven't worn in a long time. I've got uh, my Unimatic U1 on. So this is, um, this is a watch. Gosh, I don't remember when I first wrote that up for Hodinkee, but it's when when they first came out, and uh, it's it's a sweet watch. I mean, it's it's yeah. just kind of perfectly sized. I love the the kind of very subtle, almost sterile dial. Um, certainly the the cool bezel. I mean, Unimatic, such a designy sort of watch. I mean, I guess if you squint at it, you know, you could almost imagine that somebody like Porsche Design would come up with this. I mean, you can tell the guys that run Unimatic are real design geeks, and and they've mm -hmm. put a lot of thought into you know, making something really simple, um, look really cool. And, uh, yeah, it wears well. It's, it, you know, without a date, it's just, you know, pull it out, give it a few spins, uh, you know, Seiko movement, put it on a, on a ribbed gray NATO and, uh, just looks sweet. I love it. Yeah. I really like the Unimatic stuff. And the thing is I've, I've handled so many of them at that at this point, I want one, but I want it to be a limited edition. Like I want it to be a little bit weird, a little bit colorful or whatever. And, and I, you know, I've seen a few people in Instagram posting the the limited edition they did with bait mm -hmm. called the inquisitive explorer pack. Huh. So it's like a lemon gold dial is how they describe it with a fixed bezel. Yeah. Um, they only made 50 of those and they're gone. So that's, that's what it is. But I think I might need to like kind of get on the train for one of these. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and give it a spin because I, I don't want one with a fixed bezel. I definitely want the timing bezel because I, I like their bezel in it, but I do really like those like um, super minimal ones. Yeah. Yeah. So like the U1 Classic UC1, I think is what they're selling now. And it's like 525 bucks. Right. And I think that's like a ton of watch. There's no markings on the bezel, just the pip. Uh, I think I think those are pretty rad. And then, yeah, I guess the, U, the U4 is the fixed bezel version of the U1. Do you see this U1 SM, the Swiss series? No. So it's just, it's, it's like almost like a Movado museum, but as a dive watch. Oh, that's, oh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no markings on the dial. There's just hands and then a floating kind of so unimatic cool. made in Italy and the and but like the hands, the pip and the bezel on the otherwise sterile bezel, and then the word unimatic are loomed. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. I don't know, this is kind of cool. I could definitely get into something like this. Like I was saying, I mean, they're they take this very deceivingly simple design and they've spun it out 
50 ways. I mean, and it, every one of them looks fresh and slightly different. And then it's like kind of irresistible. They're just so cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this would be a good one to, um, to kind of scratch a, a certain itch either with a blue dial or, or something more colorful. Yeah. Well, and speaking of uh, affordable kind of cool watches, I mean, we've got, well, not everything we're talking about today is affordable, but yeah, let's kick into the main topic. Yeah, so this is what we're going to call the one watch draft. We've been kicking this idea around for a little while. It comes up in the comments like fairly frequently. Anytime we do like watch selection episodes or challenges or stuff like that, people go like, oh, could you know, could you go a little bit more broad? Yeah. So the idea here is if we had to go down to one watch that we do actually believe we would wear, we've set out uh, several price points. So you have under $500, under $1,500, under $2,500, under five grand, and then we just called it over five grand. <laughs> Jason and I don't don't frequently spend over five grand on a watch. Uh, so this is you could call this the dream option, but there could be stuff in here that is the kind of thing where let's say you did sell everything to kind of upward consolidate. Yeah. Maybe you'd crest five grand. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Your collection could be different than ours. But the idea is we've picked things that at their price point we would be happily wearing as our one watch. So this is the one watch draft. I don't know Jason's picks. He doesn't know mine. And uh, and Jason, I think you were kind enough to let me go first on the Omega Challenge episode. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I will give you the benefit of going first. Uh, and and would you want to go uh, by value? We'll start at 500 Sure, yeah. Yeah, this one is uh, it's well under $500. And I, I think, it's, um, oh, I think nice. it's probably worth double that, if not triple that. This is the Scurfa okay. Diver One Titanium in blue. Okay. This is a watch that... It, weighs in at a whopping $220. I mean, I, 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 wow, that's a lot of watch for the money. I was like, I thought this watch was, um, like a $400 watch, but it's, it's 220. I mean, this thing's incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I have a version of this watch, a very similar version of it. It's in blue, it's titanium. It's, it's what he calls his, uh, MS or military spec version that I got. Uh, I got, I guess I have the MS 21 that Kashani got me for my birthday last year. I wear it kind of in, in fits and spurts. Uh, you know, it's a quartz watch, so it's it's very grab and go. It's got a, a Ronda quartz movement in it, so um, you know, reliable, accurate. It's always exactly on time when I pick it up. I put it on an Erica's elastic band, a kind of a gray sure. band with a white stripe. And the hubbub about um, the Pelagos recently, you know, made me put that on because I don't have really any titanium watches besides that one, and and it just it, it was it was kind of fun to pull it out and, and like experience like a, a really well-made titanium watch. I mean, the finishing is good. It's got the helium valve. It's got big kind of chunky hands and markers glows really well. The bezel is spectacularly good. If I had to give my most ringing endorsement to anybody uh, for a watch to get, that's like just a no brainer, go out and spend $220 and, and, and buy this watch. I mean, this is, this is just, it's such a good watch. Paul's such a good guy. We've, had him on TGN years ago now, very early episode. And uh, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a watch nerd. He's a commercial diver. He tests these watches in saturation, you know, environments. It's the real deal. I, I, I can't say enough good things about this watch. And, and for, if you, if your budget is under $500, I don't think you can really do much better than this. Man, that's a great pick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just killer value. You never really see anyone saying that they were unhappy with the watch or, yeah. or, or whatever. And, and I think part of that comes to the price. Yeah. They're just so reasonably priced. Yeah. And to buy into something from kind of his mind, I also really like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a that's a super pick. Yeah, Scurfa Diver One Ti Blue, very yeah. cool. Good yeah. One. What's your uh, what's your affordable pick? So mine for under five hundred dollars is four hundred and ninety five dollars. 
Uh, this probably won't come as a big surprise to anyone, but it's the <laughs> Seiko SSK GMT, the Seiko 5 oh, that they launched yeah. a little while ago. Yeah. I think for $500, you can't do a lot better for one watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously love a GMT and actively use them most days. So that, that's kind of where my mind goes, regardless of the price point. Mm-hmm. And for something like this, you know, the, the the easy thing is like if you're used to an SKX 007, it's that. But with a few fine, uh, but with a few refined elements, you know, solid end links, um, I would say a better crown, arguably a better movement, but certainly a movement with more features. Mm-hmm. And then you still get the great loom. Uh, you get enough water resistance for, I think, pretty much anything. It's 100 meters. Yeah. And the the only real thing that I think takes some getting used to, and Jason, I think you you pointed this out very quickly upon playing with the watches, the tension bezel is kind of strange if mm-hmm. you're used to a clicking sort of ratcheting bezel uh, like that of the SKX. Yeah. But now that I've had it for a while and have worn it a bunch, I don't even think, uh, granted, I don't use the bezel. It could be fixed right, um, right. as far as the GMT is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that this is one where I, I may try and find like a an elapsed time and 24-hour bezel. Oh, and yeah. uh, and see if that could work maybe for the for the uses or or see see where people go with kind of modding the the bezels yeah uh, but I've I've got the O three which is the black blue with the red um, it's Rolexy but not too Rolexy it's definitely less Rolexy if you take it off the bracelet mm-hmm. but the bracelet's a big jump up for what I was used to on the SKX 007. and and I would argue it's hard to get as much watch for five hundred dollars I mean the Scurfa definitely offers a ton yeah. And and there's a great pick and leaves you. You could buy two, yeah, yeah, for the price point, right? If you wanted a black one and an orange one or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you if you were looking for the one watch option, um, I, I think this offers a ton. Super usable. You can wear it on straps and nados as well. So pretty flexible as a one watch platform. And then you get the GMT. No, it's not a flyer, uh, but the collar works really well. It's super simple. And uh, and and I I just did a trip with it. You know, with a six hour time change and used it most days. Um, when I wasn't uh, wearing the Aquastar to to kind of fill the vibe of yeah. vintage Porsches. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, I, I I kind of knew we'd have at least one Seiko in this episode, if not more. And uh, I mean, think about it, a, a hundred meter steel sports watch with GMT um, with kind of that classic Seiko look for less than 500. I mean, this is this has kind of filled that sweet spot that, you know, whenever people would say, I've got X budget, what would it be? I mean, I think in the early days of TGN, this category we would have both said um srp triple seven or whatever and i still think you could yeah yeah definitely they're under 400 dollars, pretty much all day long Uh, for me the the slightly smaller width Mm -hmm. and the add of the gmt makes all the difference yeah but if you don't want the gmt or you want something that's like actually a dive watch yeah everything we ever said about the turtle still is still true it's still a really killer super fun to wear watch for the money yeah good pick a strong start i have a feeling that in this case, for, for this episode, I think the stronger watches, I think the strongest watches are at the lower end. And then as you get higher and higher, the competition gets stiffer. But I, I don't think the choices are as compelling. I, that's just my feeling. But we'll find out. I mean, I definitely had trouble like breaking 2,500 yeah. on something that gets you a lot more than what's just below it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like the the value, the kind of like over under for great value seems to be like around that 2,500 point. Yeah. Maybe even less, maybe the fifteen hundred. So I mean, that's what we're going into now, fifteen hundred bucks. And uh, Jason, first picks yours. Yeah. So um, I'm sticking with Seiko. Um, I am going with the SPB three thirteen. This is the oh yeah, kind of I don't know what what they're calling. If it's got a nickname, the Slim Willard or something like that. Like this is the yeah, this is the one based on the sixty one fifty eight thousand. Yeah, the sixty one oh five 
8,000. So oh, it's 05, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of that, um, the slimmer case version that, that preceded the Willard um, historically mm-hmm. back in the, you know, 1970-ish or, or before that actually um, with this case shape. And this particular one is is the white dial one on the bracelet. I, you know, I, I can't say I would wear the bracelet a ton with it, but I have to admit in the photos, it looks good. It looks like a nice bracelet. It doesn't look like my usual style bracelet, but, you know, as people always say, like, if you're going to buy a watch, get it on the bracelet because the, some of these, the rubber straps that are on these SPBs, I'm not that keen on anyway. So I'd probably just either wear it on the bracelet or throw it on a NATO or, or yeah. put my own rubber or leather or whatever you want. But I think, you know, I've got the white dial Omega and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of digging white dial watches these days. The, um, the docks, a white pearl, certainly, I don't know, something about, something about a white dial diver that kind of stark contrast you get with a, a black bezel insert is um it's pretty bewitching and you know like your your gmt pick for the under 500 i think this one comes in in at 1100 and i think it's it's just a, a lot of watch for the money and, and it's classic you know seiko looks and and quality and anyway that's my seiko for for the whole episode i'll just you know spoiler alert um that's my that's my one seiko and i think uh i think it's a strong one yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that, that like since we started TGN, yeah, Seiko has really successfully moved from that three hundred, four hundred dollar price point to, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred. Yeah, they're making some really compelling product, and it is a lot if you're used to spending sixty dollars on a Seiko Five or one hundred and eighty five dollars back in the day on a SKX or a Monster. Yeah. This does feel like a like an order of magnitude, but I feel like the same people who were buying those ten years ago when Seiko was kind of owning the under five hundred price point really nicely, yeah, are at the point now where yeah, that like I didn't question spending a little bit more, well, not a little bit, a multiple more on um, on a prospects when when the opportunity came up. I love the three one three. I still haven't seen one in person, but you know, forty one millimeters, twelve point three thickness. 70 hour movement it's got a date a pretty inoffensive 430 date not my favorite but it's at least a white base with black text so it, it does kind of nestle in between the markers yeah yeah i think this is a good pick and uh and an, this is another one i would just love to see in person or, or maybe i might have to buy one at one point if i could find one used here in canada yeah so that was my pick you know had to have a couple of seikos in here um where are you at for 1500 or under 1500 i mean for under 1500 it's a seiko and it's one that I've spent my own money on. Like a lot of these, I think that I, I just went, I kind of considered what I already had. And it's the SPB 143. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could have come in under, we don't have an under a thousand category, but they make a model. I, I don't remember which one it is. 147 maybe that that has a rubber strap and is like 995. I, I would really want the 143. The colorway means a lot to me or or the the version that has the white dial and the bluish bezel. Would also be pretty rad, yeah. not too much more. Certainly um, could could suit the price point. But look, I, like I've written a ton about this watch. I wear it all the time. I, I really, really enjoy it. And if I if I lived in a world where I wasn't in the watch world and I also wasn't traveling a ton and didn't need a GMT, I'd probably just wear an SPB 143 all the time. <laughs> I probably would. Yeah, it's a good one watch. Yeah. Yeah, and like maybe if I was leaving the watch game, and all that, I might convince myself to buy something a little bit more, like with a with a, a flashier name on the dial. Yeah, but I'm not sure that it would mean a whole lot more to me. That watch really for me hits a, a, a sort of special area that it costs enough that I feel like I have a nice watch, mm-hmm. but it still gives me all the Seiko stuff that I like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I've been very happy with mine. It's you know I've got it currently on an Erica's and wear it quite a bit. 
uh, and uh, and I don't think that would change if I had to make it my one watch for sure. Yeah, I thought you'd. Uh, I thought this watch would sneak in here. I mean, I think even when we were kind of talking about this episode, I was like, you know, um, I think you'd even mentioned it, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you own one, so it's like a it's a perfect endorsement for it, and uh, price is certainly right. So now we're we're up to three Seikos for this, but probably not a big surprise, but. Not a huge surprise, I don't think. Yeah, I really didn't know necessarily which way you would go. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, with your, you know, fifteen hundred price point, but like I said, I, th- I think that they the brand has kind of successfully widened their scope. Yeah, they're still really great at five hundred bucks or even less for a Seiko Five that doesn't have a GMT. Uh, but there's there's something a little bit more mature about the SPBs mm-hmm. uh, that I do really really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, good pick. I, I, this is one I'd like to see in person. Your three one three. I think yeah, that's a, that's a solid choice. And and for if you have anything else on your list, mm-hmm. uh, like as backups, let's say I picked the three one three or something like that. Let's get to all those at the end. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so we we can fill in any blanks. Uh, so you can kind of follow our 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 thinking. Um, yeah. With all of this, but uh, I think that brings us to twenty five hundred dollars. And there's there's a couple. Oh, this really was really good watches at twenty five hundred. Wow, this was this was my hardest category, and and you talk about backups. I have four choices for this one. Um, oh, three. I have three. I wonder. I, well, we'll find out after how many of us overlap. Here we are, right at the gun here, and I'm like, I don't know which one to to, to pick. So I'm just gonna. I'm, yeah. All right. This one actually, I, I cheated a bit. It's over by twenty dollars. So forgive me. Um, it's the Sin Sin U fifty. Yeah. On bracelet. I wanted to have a Sin so badly in this list. Again, I don't know why neither of us has a sin currently. I wish I'd never sold my uh, 144 GMT. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Classic regret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few over the years, 756 and a U1. And, I, you know, okay. So speaking of the U1, I mean, the U1 was a big, heavy watch. And I loved that watch. I, I You know, I loved the look, et cetera. Um, build quality, spectacular. It was just big and heavy. And after a while, I just, I, I, I would wear it for a day or two and I'd be like, all right, I got to switch to something a little smaller and lighter. Well, here, you know, Sin kind of answered that, that wish from probably a lot of people. Now we've got a, a 41 millimeter watch, 11.2 millimeters high with uh, 20 millimeter lugs. This has 500 meters of water resistance. So it's still a, you know, solid, uh, dive watch. Um, I, kind of go hot and cold on the kind of that H link bracelet from sin. But I think there are very, very well-made bracelets and they're very comfortable. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to, if you're going to buy, might as well go for, for kind of as much as you can get. And certainly I'm going over by 20 bucks, but maybe I can get a discount or, you know, whatever. So yeah, Zen U50, I would have loved to get the, I think it's called the U50S, the, uh, the Schwartz, the, uh, the black, uh, bezel version because i really like that but okay it's, it's actually a little bit more so i'm going to stick with the standard steel bezel yeah and i mean the, the nice thing about the u50 is it starts at like 2470 oh, I d- say, oh on, on in, rubber yeah in the u.s on rubber um so it just depends i i think that you're right in going for the bracelet because one the rubber is kind of like how i feel about the doxa rubbers they're they work they feel great and are beautifully made come with a nice clasp the rest of it they just don't work on my wrist yeah yeah don't have enough wrist for the way that they're kind of shaped into force right Right. Yeah, the U50 is is just an absolute banger of a watch. Yeah. It's so it is so good and then you sometimes just forget that it is like $2500 thereabouts. Right. And and I do think especially with our lifestyle like we don't put a suit on. Mhm. We don't ever go to an office. Like you could one watch a U50 for oh, 30 entirely. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, so true. It's, it's a nice, easily serviced movement. Yeah. Um, made by an absolutely fantastic company with that are fastidious to details. 
It works on a ton of straps. It's great on a NATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on my list. Yeah. Uh, so you 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 you, you took it from me, but you also made my decision a little bit easier. But since you picked a Zin, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with the Doxa Sub 300. Ah, okay. All right. Well, that was one of mine. So all right. Yeah, 2450. Oh yeah. Oh, you're not going on steel. No, I don't like the bracelet, and I don't like the rubber. For for forty dollars more, you're not going to go on steel. No. All right. Um, I won't <laughs> wear either of them. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I I would either wear it on a Tropic strap. Yeah, a mesh bracelet looks incredible on a Doxa, like crazy good and are super comfortable. Or I'd wear it on a NATO. Sure. And this is another one where, like, I have one. I you know I I have the sub 350th anniversary Sea Rambler. Yeah, that would be one of the last watches to leave my collection. And and if I did pare down, maybe let's say we're talking one watch today, but let's say I made it to three, one of them is going to be a sub 300. I could easily just be a guy that owns a Doxa and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No sweat. I don't know if, if it was you that said maybe in one of your articles or maybe even talking about it on TGN, we were talking about when you're, when you're bumping up against the top of kind of your price budget, like you, you kind of aim for the best watch in that category. And, and I think in this case, there are certainly, as you said, better watches, you know, on paper. The Zen, the U50 is a, is a, uh, like in hand and on wrist and every, in every metric, except maybe aesthetic, a better watch. Exactly. Yeah. But Doxa is, is there's, there's that, you know, intangible sort of aspect it's to the it. Cousteau that, that thing, it's just, the classic look, yeah, it's the way it sits on your yeah. wrist. Like it's, it's really tough to pick between these two watches. These are the two, in my right. opinion, the two best dive watches. These are the two most appealing dive watches at $2,500. Yeah, fifty and, yeah. the, and the three hundred, and they come from yeah. polar opposite thinking. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to hear what our our other choices were because I think this was for me the hardest category. But well, we'll see. All right, now we bump up to right, five grand. Well, now we're we're doubling it. Okay, so under five. I mean, we we went back and forth like where do we go with these categories, mm-hmm. and I think we just decided that these first three were actually good ones. You know, kind of solid TGN. Like you know, I could conceivably if i'd had a couple of bourbons late at night like i could be convinced to like pick up one of these yeah. from each of these categories yeah, yeah. and like kind of feel mildly resentful than or uh, regretful the next day but maybe not anyway under five thousand you're, you're talking more money here yeah it's bigger money we're now into entry-level luxury essentially yeah yeah and the thing about picking the ranges we had to pick five uh that worked if this proves to be a popular episode if you guys share it with your friends and and get into the comments and the rest of it i'd be more than happy to do one watch drafts that are different prices than this or are specific to certain types of watches yeah we can dial these up and down like the one watch but it has to be a pilot the one watch it no divers allowed that sort of thing because mm-hmm, so far mm-hmm, we picked mostly mm-hmm. diver yeah definitely so I, i'm keen to do more of these if people end up liking them this is kind of the basic option and and i know there's a huge jump from 2500 to five grand yeah uh there's a ton of watches in that space so i, I think it'll be interesting to see where we land for these ones uh but why don't you take it away with your five thousand pick yeah. So again, I'm cheating slightly, but I'm going with a watch that I have. This is the White Dial Seamaster Diver 300M uh, on rubber. I don't, I, I don't like the bracelet on on Seamasters, um, so I would never wear it. Literally, never wear it. So easy choice for me. The rubber is spectacular on this watch. The, to me, it's like under 5K or okay. This is a $5,100 watch, but to me, this is you know Omega is at the top of the the heap when it comes to kind of in this price point the the sheer For quality sure. of the watch i mean the movements that are are just uh, amazing these coaxial completely anti-magnetic movements they're you know beautifully decorated you know certainly um machine and mostly machine finished but it's uh you know just a, a beautiful movement to look at 
Um, the build quality is great. Um, if you can overlook the helium valve, which I certainly have. And I, I think, you know, they make a number of them. I mean, black dial, green dial, mm -hmm. um, blue dial. I'm, I'm really happy with the white dial after wearing it for a year now. Um, and, and the watch works on a number of straps, you know, like, okay, we've done Doxa and Zin and some Seikos and, um, you know, Skirfas and, and things like that. I, I feel like this is like, this is like the big boy watch, you know, this is the, this is the, um, now you're moving, like you said, up into entry level luxury. And I think Omega is just firmly planted in that category. So that's my pick. That's a good one. Yeah. I kind of guess that's where you would go. I thought there was maybe one or two other options. I'm sure that's the list at five. Yeah. This is the hardest one for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I feel like a lot of my, what I write about is sits about this price point and down. Oh, yeah. so it's instantly yeah. like four or five watches jump to mind for me because we're talking one watch. Yeah, it has to do a lot at five grand. Oh, I know where you're going to go with this. You can probably guess, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's there's it's this it's tough. There's three brands in my mind that operate at this space that I would I would very much like to have as a one watch. Yeah. But again, I'm going to go with something I own and really love. It's the Bremont S302. Oh, OK. I didn't think that. All right. Right. You know, we'll get to the ones, the other ones on the list in a moment. It was tough. And even in saying it, I kind of, I'm looking at this list going like, what if I should have gone a different direction? <laughs> the extent to which the Bremont S302 checks all the boxes in the same way yeah. that the SPB does at $1,200. I absolutely love this watch. It's um, really good on wrist, better than the other two watches I have in this price point. Mm -hmm. It's a diver and a GMT, not a GMT that with 200 meters of water resistance. So I still get a bezel I can use to time something. I could still take it diving. It still has uh, excellent, you know, 300 meters water resistance. I love the way it looks. No, again, at, at this much money, I would you would want it to be a flyer. That would make it yeah. an incredible watch in my in in my mind, even better than I feel about it now. Um, yeah. But the fact that it's a collar doesn't really bother me. I travel these days you know, less than I used to. So just being able to keep it on Geneva time or UTC is helpful enough. Right. Um, but the mix of build quality, which is just simply fantastic. The, the fact that it's a, an ETA base, so it can be serviced by anyone down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking one watch. Maybe I don't want to always send it back to England or have to find a, you know, an AD to deal with or whatever it is. Right. Uh, once the warranty's gone, you get a date that's very uh, subtle. You get the GMT, which works really well. And then I, I really like that this watch can be, can kind of go in different directions depending on the strap you put it on. So if I want it to be a little bit more fancy, I just have to pick kind of a fancier strap. If I just want to rock it on a NATO or a rubber strap, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of flexibility here. That's a very good pick and, and was not the one I expected. I, I considered Bremont for, you know, at least two of they these have categories. A lot of great right? watches at five grand. I think. In the past, they have struggled a bit with um, kind of perception from people thinking that they're overpriced. But I think when you start talking under five thousand, um, yeah, they do have some really solid picks in there. And I think, uh, you know, I also have an S three hundred two, and and it, being that it's uh, forty millimeters, I mean, Gashani wears it quite nicely, and and because of that case shape, it, it actually amazingly works on her wrist really well, even on the bracelet. Yeah, good pick. I like that. Nice to see some different brands in here too. Um, yeah, for sure. Got a good smattering of you know small, big. Yeah, cool. All right, so we've come to the big boy price point, $5,000 plus. Uh, I, for a little while, I, I was thinking I'd go kind of hardcore Patek 5164A, <laughs> like a dream watch. But I think that's yeah. that's disingenuous to what, we, what we're what we talking about here. Yeah. As yeah. much as the dream watch was kind of a fun thing to do. And for a while, we had like a 
plus 10 grand Mm -hmm. uh, option. And I had some crazier stuff in there. A lot of you can guess what it would be apart from the 5164. (laughs) Um, But I I think this is a fun one. And it's also really hard. This isn't my zone. I don't think you're getting like a ton more watch. Right. By spending over five grand than you are at spending, say, around five grand. Yeah. But it does open up a, a handful of other uh, brands, right? I well, <laughs> I may have misinterpreted our over five k. I did shoot for the moon on this one. I went, I went really high. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, really I can high. change my picks then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I will go first. Uh, it's the AP Royal Oak Offshore Diver. Um, no this, way. I, I did. Yeah, I figured. Oh, that's a good pick. One watch. Um, they make a couple colors. I I wasn't even sure if they still made kind of the steel. I I got a chance to dive with one of these years ago when they first came out and absolutely loved that watch. Um, yeah, absolutely loved it on the rubber strap. It's a spectacularly good rubber strap to me. This, this watch, I mean, okay, we're talking wildly different categories, but you know, the, the, the appeal of, of the unimatic that I'm wearing now, uh, there, there's this minimalist sort of architectural simplicity to the, to the diver, um, other than the tapisserie, um, patterned, dial which is you know expertly done and beautiful and and all that but like if you just look at that watch it's just this is brutally simple and just and and just so beautiful and and then it's a 300 meter dive watch not terribly Mm -hmm. practical with the internal bezel but who cares i mean this is like a proper high-end sports watch and it's twenty nine thousand. i don't know if i mentioned that twenty nine thousand dollars so a lot of money man i love it i i aimed high this is this is what I'm going with. All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to where I was when we were <laughs> when we were talking about more like Dreamwatch options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like I said, a 5164A is like so crazy tempting. Yeah, but a yeah. hundred grand. Oh, oh, yeah, is what well, they cost now on the secondary. Yeah, like to yeah. get one. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking big money, I would start hunting for the Vacheron Everest dual time. Yeah, I thought that's where you'd go. Yeah, that was tempting too. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I absolutely, it's a watch I've never forgotten since I got to be hands-on with the original. Yeah. You know, after Corey got back from Everest and yeah, it's the right size. The colorway is like perfect. Yeah. Man, the Royal Oak Offshore Diver is a fantastic pick. <laughs> That's such a good watch. Um, and they, they've they made so many, right? Like that you can go back into the, the one that you had originally, the black dial. Yeah. yeah. And then they did those boutique editions that were all colorful. Right. They didn't, right. There was like an orange, orange. and navy blue one yep. that was like. Mm, perfect yeah yeah uh but yeah for me and and we'll get into what i had like as a more realistic pick but they were mm-hmm. all pre-owned and i guess with the vacheron you have to be pre-owned as well they made so few and they all sold right but i got to see zach pinas in january at uh watches of wonders oh yeah it's just yeah i remain in love with that watch uh, you yeah. know and it, yeah if you're gonna go you know full out i think that's where i would land for sure yeah yeah all right let's let's run back the picks uh, so for your $500 option, you pick the Scurfa Diver 1 Titanium in blue for 220 bucks. I still can't believe that price. Yeah. And you went with the Seiko 5 SSK GMT, uh, the blue yeah, and the For 495 Yep, 495 Yep. Under 1500 you went with your beloved SPB 143. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you picked the SPB 313, kind of, you know, sibling watches in that case. Right. Uh, both kind of killer value at um, 12, 11 to $1,200-ish. Yeah. $2,500, you went with the Sin U50, an absolutely incredible uh, pick. Man, that was definitely on my list. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of watch for the money, for sure. Especially when we talk so much about Tudor Pelagos or Black Bays yeah. that are all, you know, 3800 bucks and up. 
Right. The Zen really yeah. offers a lot. And uh, you went with the Doxa Sub 300. Now, which uh, which dial color did you go with? I'd be going C Rambler. C Rambler. C Rambler or Shark Hunter. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. I think those are the two winners. Yeah. And then for under $5,000, you went with the Omega Seamaster Pro, which you have with a white dial, black bezel. I think that's a, a great pick. And you went with the, uh, the Bremont S302. Um, great, you know, uh, well-sized, very handsome, very uh, well-made uh, GMT diver. Mm-hmm. And then over 5,000, you are going with the Vacheron Constantin Everest Dual Time. Just in- incredibly limited watch. I mean, this is a watch that sticks in the memory uh, as yeah. one of those kind of unobtainium, like, you know, out there, like kind of came and went in like a, like a shooting star and you, you just can't forget about it. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and there's just something incredible. Like, I, I know I've talked about this in the past. I've written about it in the past. Like, I am a sucker for a brand like Patek, VC, AP, yeah. doing a sports watch on a sporty yeah. rubber or textile strap, like like you picked with yours for the over 5,000, the AP Royal Oak Offshore Diver. And uh, th- those are the 10 watches that we picked. You know, look, look looking back, what, what do you think we left off the board? You know, for me, under $1,500, like any Halios. Yeah. Right. I've had so many and I've been happy with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you could dig up a Seaforth GMT, yeah. you're doing really well. Yeah. Under 500 is tough. They're, they're far fewer, I think, solid, like really good quality picks because you, you get a lot of really kind of poorly made watches under 500. But um, once you start to move up the category, that under 1500, under, the under 2500, like I said, was my, my toughest. And, and I think we knocked off two that were on my list. Of course, the U50, which I picked, and then the sub 300. But I had two others on the under 2,500 that I've got to mention because I'm just, I was like so torn on which to include. And one is the, the Oris Aquas Date 39 and a half millimeter, $2,200. It's a ton of watch. Such a cool watch. Again, probably like we were saying, and probably, well, not probably, I think definitely better made than, than the sub 300, maybe on par with the U50. I'm not sure. And you know, at that point you're kind of splitting hairs, but, uh. Yeah, that was another one. And then I had the the original kind of uh, Longines Legend Diver at 2400 Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. They make a few kind of cool ones. I haven't looked at that in a long time. I used to have one like with the first generation, like the no date version. And now like they make these kind of neat sort of burnt looking kind of patina looking dials on interesting straps. And, um, you know, they're long lugged, big 42 millimeter watches. But if it fits you like that is a fun, beautifully made watch. And, you know, Longines, good quality. So... Yeah, nicely made. The lug to lug was would be too long for my wrist, if I remember correctly, uh, from back in the day. Uh, the other one that I had, I had the Oris as well. Did so much watch for the money, uh, and and I think just a, a really nicely wearing option that's distinctive. It doesn't look like other dive watches, which is nice. Yeah. And then the other one I had was was the Zin UTC eight five six. Oh yeah, good one. 40, 40 millimeters with a, a, a really clean design, two hundred meters water resistance, and you get a GMT. So you can see there's kind of a GMT theme. Uh, through the whole thing, but that yeah, those are the four that I had: the Sub Three Hundred, the U Fifty, the Oris Aquas Date, and the Zen Eight Five Six UTC. A lot of great watch at twenty five hundred bucks. The tricky thing about these categories was, um, and you know, self imposed certainly, but you know, to jump from twenty five hundred to to five thousand, like if there was a watch at twenty nine hundred or you know whatever, it's like okay, that fits under five thousand, but then I always kind of felt like I wanted to push the high end because you, you tend to sort of see better and better watches the closer you get to that upper limit um so you do get things like you know some of the aqua stars or um you know whatever that are occupying this this space that are kind of halfway between the two categories but it's like not quite up to the same 
spec is like a Omega or something, you know? Right. So that made it difficult. So I, I would love to, to revisit this, this challenge in the future. So, you know, certainly if people have ideas or suggestions for a, a future version of this, we can, we can dial the, the cost limits up and down and, and even like you said, skip the skip the dive watches or whatever yeah yeah because did we do all dive watches no sort of uh, we did not quite no. not quite pretty close yeah yeah did you have others at five thousand i did not not under five thousand although i thought for well, sure man, you I would have a pelagos more. i thought for sure you'd have a pelagos in there yeah so pelagos 39 standard pelagos black bay pro was the one i was really hemming and hawing about oh yeah That's and the only reason because i think the black bay pro is every bit as nice as the Bremont. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you get an in-house movement. If that's important to you, you can add more value to that. I, I'm happy that the Tudor movements work. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't really care where a movement comes from. It just has to work. Yeah. Especially if it's a one watch scenario. Yeah. But the Black Bay Pro is the one that I really had stacked up against the S302 because the Pro, you don't get the bezel mm-hmm. that makes the 302 so useful, but you do get a flyer style GMT. Yeah. So those two were neck and neck. And I just literally like, I have the S three hundred two sitting on my desk, yeah. and I like that it's a bit thinner. Yeah, uh, for an everyday watch. Uh, but the uh, Black Bay Pro uh, BB fifty eight Navy, wow, yeah, uh, is, is is one that I just absolutely adore. And then the Pelagos thirty nine, pro- probably you know who knows really, but you know I'd like to say that's probably my next considerable watch I, purchase. I just kind of say I I I think I've mentioned before I, over the past couple of years. Okay, so my last. My last big watch purchase was the the Seamaster, the white dial that I actually included here. And I got a, a really nice discount from my guy over at Continental Diamonds here locally, thanks to him. So, but it was still, it was, it was a hefty amount of money to, to pay for a watch. And and I, after that, it's not that it spoiled me on anything. It's just, I, I don't have the same, I, I feel like watches over $4,000 feel expensive to me now for some reason. I just look and I'm like, I, I can't see myself playing in that at that end of the pool anymore it's just uh, there's so much good stuff mm-hmm. in that doxa sub 300 the sin the aquas you know the seikos I, that space to me is is so much more exciting yeah. that's where i kind of land yeah, i don't I, disagree I just don't look at much um, above that now yeah 1500 to like three grand yeah there's just a lot yeah there's a lot of good stuff uh that's kind of in our zone yeah um I did, i'm trying to think what i don't think i had anything else at 5k or under 5k um, yeah i didn't either and, and, you know, if we recorded this again, I might pick the Black Bay Pro. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with either. The 302 is maybe a more more of a me watch. And the Dream Watch was such a limitless yeah. kind of category that, you know, I had, yeah, yeah. my mind was just kind of spinning through. And then I thought, I'm going to go with something new, something I've, I've tried, something that I kind of has stayed in my mind for years. I thought about going vintage. I thought, like, yeah, get an old Ploprof, so like a 1971 yep. Ploprof or something like that or or a mill sub or, you know, but then I thought, you know, I want, I want, I want something new that like if, if, if I truly did consolidate trade everything away or sell everything and, and went with one thing I could wear for everything, the, that, uh, AP diver is, uh, is the, the way to go. I think. Yeah. I mean, I had, um, also on the list. I mean, again, if we want the realistic answer, it'd be a 16, 570, mm. uh, polar, polar explorer, oh. polar two, uh, explorer two polar, yeah. which I have. Yeah. They're about 10 grand now, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you want the other dream options, like a, a 1665 sea dweller. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would ever take that off my wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're just kind of perfect. If you could go double red, we're talking 40 <laughs> to 50. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But like, I would never not smile looking at that watch. Yeah. I love that it has a date and no Cyclops. I love that it's not a Submariner. Yeah. They came in a lot of different versions. I mean, the 16660 
is another one that I'm surprised you don't own or have. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the, the sea dweller 4k. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah those that's were just good. a ton of watch, yeah. you know, not for the money. Now they're quite expensive, of course. Right. Um, I guess it's more realistic than whatever you'd pay for an overseas Everest, uh, dual time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love your pick. I think that AP, those are such cool watches. Yeah. And they don't quite have the same, like, um, yeah, baggage is the wrong word, but the same like connective tissue as a Royal Oak. You're somehow saying less with more watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and you're right about about like a, a super high end watch or a high end brand like releasing a sports watch on on an unexpected it's the best strap choice. That that rubber on that watch. I mean, the rubber alone. If if you ever get a chance to hold one of these watches, like it's it has this like slight gritty texture to it it's soft it's like the right length it's kind of wide like just superb so good yeah that's awesome yeah good picks uh, yeah. all around and that's our first ever one watch draft we've done other sort of selection based uh, episodes but this one we wanted to see you know what we would pick if, if that was going to be the watch uh, that we could get at a certain price point and go for it obviously we want to know what you all would pick uh, so feel free to let us know in the comments at thegraynado.com on Substack and just check it out. Take a look at if you haven't been into the comments, we're having a really good time there each week. Uh, we always get good feedback, uh, always constructive, and, and we often have a, a chance to chit chat a little bit or clarify stuff, stuff like that. But with one like this, I'd just love to know what, what all of you might pick at 500, 1500, 2500, 5000 and over 5000. And then yeah, like I said, if this works out, we'd be happy to make kind of thinner slices of, of the watch world and turn them into a one watch draft. I also think this would be a great format to start bringing in some guests. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right. Get a few more picks yeah, in there. Good call. Yeah. All right. Well, how about we get into uh, final notes? Yeah, sure. Um, I stumbled upon this one. I don't remember where I probably was fed some kind of a social media ad at some point. And I was a little skeptical at first because, you know, anything that says it's free uh, always seems to have a catch, but this is a platform kind of a, a, a online streaming platform for content, good films. Uh, it's called water bear and it's, you know, the way they describe it, the home of captivating films and thought provoking series that empower you to lead a meaningful life. So it, it, it's kind of right up our alley because a lot of the, the films that they show that they offer, um, streaming are, you know, great kind of environmental films of the type that you see, uh, Patagonia supporting or, you know, um, uh, you know, damnation, things like that. But, you know, there's some, some cool kind of environmental documentaries, uh, things about, you know, the milk industry and, and water conservation. There's a, an interesting story about an old, very old, um, Islander who, who kind of lives nomadic life on a sailboat, uh, racing extinction, shark water, all these like movies you might've heard of over the years that, that are, you know, about adventure wow. and outdoors and the environment. And it's, it's free. So like you, you create an account, you sign up, but you don't have to put a credit card in and, uh, you can, you can do it. You can, you know, stream on your phone or on a laptop or, you know, on a, on a smart TV. And, uh, it's all kind of underwritten content. I'm, I'm looking at their wow. kind of founding partners and it's, uh, it's Nikon and it's Jack Wolfskin, kind of the outdoor brand. And then what is this? Something called five. I don't know who five is, but, uh, and then they've got a ton of NGO partners, et cetera. So how can you go wrong with free good good content um you'll probably take a long time to get to the end of all their offerings i've actually just learned about it and i've already kind of created a little bit of a queue that i haven't really delved into yet but uh definitely looking forward to getting into this and i, I just thought uh our listeners would be really keen to to find some uh, some good free kind of documentaries and series to watch man this is a great suggestion this is really cool yeah 
Yeah, I'm excited. I will be making an account as soon as we're not recording. I like this a lot. Good pick. Yeah. Uh, so mine this week is actually a video, which is a tour from the Air Zoo. It's an aerospace and science experience uh, in um, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, cool. And it's a video tour of the engine from an SR-71. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so it's the Pratt & Whitney J-58. Yeah. And uh, it's this fella, clearly, you know, a docent or somebody from the museum, uh, <laughs> just kind of walking you through this engine that's the size of a small car. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this video a few times. I, I really like it. I had it saved in pocket, and just because of how busy my last week was, um, I, I don't have, I didn't have anything else uh, to kind of lean on. I, I'm, I had something coming in the mail, and I think it'll come here just after we stop recording. That's what I was going to have as final notes, assuming I like it. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up going with this. It's um, it's a 25 minute video, so you have to really uh, care about the J58. But I, I like this one a lot. I've, I've watched it, uh, like I said, a, a couple times in the past, and uh, it's a it's a great one. Oh, that's great! I'm gonna check that out. I I, I love um, kind of when uh, kind of interesting technology is explained in a in an accessible way because I, I certainly was more of a liberal arts student than anything engineering or science based, and so and, and mm-hmm. yet I have such an interest in stuff like this. So it's nice to get you know kind of a tour given by someone who can convey it properly so that's great yeah and i kind of you know when you watch this you'll see it's like it's it feels kind of like a grassroots video the dude's name is arnie gunderson so mr gunderson uh, bless you for uh (laughs) standing in front of the camera and talking about the j58 for for so long this is a it it, it just feels like you're standing at the museum kind of getting a lesson from someone who's you know who's really devoted a lot of time and effort into um into getting into getting in deep on on these details of such a marvelous thing yeah uh, j58 something i've read a lot about and i think this is one of the best sort of videos i've come across about it online nice all right i guess that's an episode eh? that was a good one yeah fun yeah yeah well as always thanks so much for listening if you want to subscribe to the show notes get into the comments for each episode and we hope you do for this one for sure Mm-hmm. or consider supporting the show directly and maybe even grab a new TGN signed NATO, please visit thegraynado.com. Music throughout a siesta by Jazzar via the free music archive. And we leave you with this quote from TGN quote alum Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, Money often costs too much. 